Morning. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. <gasps> Can you hear me okay? Did you find your microphone stand? I found the stand. Where I'm not incompetent as much where, as I thought I was. Where was it? In the box. <laughs> this, okay. Sorry, folks. We, uh, yeah, we have new microphones. And last night we had um, a recording with Miss Chef Christina Wilson from uh, Hell's Kitchen. And that'll mm-hmm. be coming up. Shortly, probably once you've listened to this, you have already hopefully listened to Chef Christina because she is amazing. Um, and Hero couldn't find his microphone stand, so he's holding this this thing like with from here, and it was it was awkward, but it, it worked. It was okay. But I'm glad you found your yeah. stand. <laughs> well, here's what's even more awkward. So after we're done recording, I go and find it, and as I go and find it, I open the box, I take all the packages contents out and I still can't find it. And I'm thinking, okay, this is odd. Oh gosh. Where the hell is this thing? And I know this is going to sound completely ridiculous, but like, because the packaging is so white on white on white on white, I somehow did not clue into the fact that another box that was in there was the stamp. That's what I said to you last night. I'm like, did you look at every single box? There's like so many. <laughs> I thought I did. But it's here's a little product feedback for you, Road. The product quality is incredible, but in your packaging, would it kill you to spend a couple extra dollars per box and just put a little decal or or writing <laughs> or an image like Apple? So that way, for those that are like myself that might miss something, we know that there is a microphone in there. Great. We know there's a stand. You just say stand. That would be really helpful. Thank you so much for hearing our request that you'll never hear. No, I love it. Okay. We'll give them that feedback for sure. We'll pass this episode on. Um, on that on on that technical note, we'll move on from tech stuff and yes, uh, we'll yes. move on to who is joining us momentarily here. Welcome to Getting Juicy, by the way. Welcome to Getting Juicy. We're Rachel and Hero. We are. We are Rachel and Hero. I, yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. Not so just one of, yes, go ahead. This morning, we were <laughs> chatting with a, another and very, I would say, very different um, producer from Toronto uh, by the name of Charlie David. And Charlie David has been in the industry for many years mm-hmm. and um, is a fellow queer um, gentleman and a father and husband and has, I believe, one child. Um, We can clarify that later on. But he also is a very well-known producer, actor, and host and correspondent for multiple publications in terms of uh, TV shows and not just reality shows, actually, but also scripted television shows, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of shows without TV um, and out TV is one of the major syndicate uh, networks for queer LGBTQ plus uh, television um, and movies, both in Vancouver and their head offices in Vancouver as well. Uh, and anyway, Charlie has been someone that I've been uh, growing up watching through surfer shows. Uh, some people that are in that kind of niche community might know him from being an actor on Dante's Cove, which yeah. is a more kind of a horror theme show. Uh, and then also in other movies, some being like Mulligans and there, I mean, if you look at his IMDb, you look at him on Google, Which I you'll did. see over yeah. 30 films and other TV shows. But another main uh, thing that people will know him from uh, that 
were engaged with this type of content uh, between 2004 and 2014, which is where I think I might have first saw him. He was also the host of a travel show called Bump. Oh, I don't recall that. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So he would go over to different cities um, worldwide yeah. and, you know, of course, talk about <clears throat> uh, from a queer perspective, the yeah. traveling around the world as That's... from that counterpoint. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting mm-hmm. because, you know, as, as we all know, I mean, and we were talking to chef Christina last night, just cause it, it just came up about, um, you know, now she's in Dallas and in Texas and how, you know, you know, she was afraid that maybe a, a queer person might be treated differently or that she would see some, some, um, she would just face some adversity perhaps, you know, down, right. down there in the South, um, and, you know, then we were just talking about be- living in Vancouver and how it just, you know, growing up and she was asking, you know, you specifically hero, if you ever, you know, felt that way necessarily, or felt mm-hmm. uncomfortable uh, living where we live and if it was inclusive or not. And yeah, I mean, as you travel around the world, that's a very, that's a fascinating eye lens. Mm-hmm. And also keeping sure. in mind from the recording of that series from 2004 to 2014, that a lot of yeah. stuff would have changed within 10 years. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, imagine going now. I mean, that would, that's a very, that's very interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. So it'll yeah. be great to uh, chat with Charlie, of course, about what we just kind of touched based on, um, but also just get to understand a little bit more about where he came from and how he grew up and learning about um, his family, like his actual family and then his family that he has been creating and building with his partner. Yeah. And it's nice to have a different lens on media and production from a queer perspective, but also not just from a reality show um, view. And so when I was thinking about different um, leaders in our community who are doing things really unique, you know, he just also released his newest project, which is called Dating Unlocked. And Dating Unlocked is a show that I haven't had a chance to see yet, but looking at previews and reading about it, it helps to cover um, a very different and outspoken view on LGBTQ plus dating um, people in Toronto, I believe. Um, I think they're all from Toronto. Oh my God, he's done so much. I'm just looking at his biography right now again. And he's also, oh, and he's also the owner of Border to Border Entertainment. So production co- production company of film, yes. television, digital media and audio projects. So I actually think he also um, does some producing of podcasts, to, oh. <laughs> which I saw. Yeah. So he does, does so many things. Um, I know now he lives in Toronto, but I think he was living in Montreal. So he's kind of lived all over Canada. I think he mm-hmm. went to school in Victoria. So cool. um, from Regina, Saskatchewan originally. So like, really, really canadian through and through just really experiencing canada which is really cool and then like what hasn't he done i'm just reading this right now uh he co-found a boy band called four now oh like like not spelled out four but four as in the the number four now yeah which he played piano uh performed across around canada the u.s and opened for acts like destiny's child black eyed peas and pink like i didn't know that that's incredible what? what? That's what? really what? quite what? something. Hey? Yeah. This to have that kind of uh, knowledge and, and scope of the entertainment and media, but also yeah. from music, from TV, from movies, from 
everything else that you were referring to podcasts so i think what'll be really again interesting to talk about mm-hmm. is to learn about how did that all come about but also how did everything morph and evolve how mm-hmm. do certain connections and correlations come to meeting somebody to receive an opportunity and how did he also translate that into his current life now like how does he utilize yeah. all that to create an entertainment I- company I wonder, totally. I wonder if there's a, there must be a pressure at some point in um, someone who's in the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. in their career to like, feel like you need to do everything. There must be, I'm just, I'm wondering, maybe I'm wrong, but like, feel like you need to be a singer that you can sing, you can Mm -hmm. dance, you can on, on, you know, the drop of the hat, you can do all those things if you're asked to, because, you know, if not, then you might lose that opportunity or lose that, you know, I wonder if there's that kind of uh that pressure perhaps. Cause I do, you know, cause it seems like even, even in, you know, someone's career, uh, oh, who was it like Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. who is such a phenomenal actor when he was in tick, tick boom, for example. Right. And he, um, he didn't sing before that, but it's like that part you need to sing. So there are definitely, I mean, at that point, you know, you're famous enough. So it's like, okay, we'll teach you. You're going to get all these lessons. We're going to put, you know, invest in you to do these things. And they wanted him so badly that he, he, you know, learned how to sing. And he, and also like learning how to sing, you could be tone deaf and not really, he wasn't, which is great, but yeah, I just wonder if there's that, there, there's that pressure. I've got Mm -hmm. an accent all of a sudden. Yeah, for sure. There could definitely be a lot of different pressures uh, that we would never even think about. Yeah. Hi. Hey, Charlie. How are you? <laughs> can you read? Okay, you know what I Can you said? read lips? Can you read lips? <laughs> um. So I was pouring this big ass cup of coffee. Yeah. And one of my ear. Um. What are these things called? Earbuds. Yeah. 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 Fell pause, yeah. right into that coffee. <laughs> oh my so- <laughs> gosh! So it's caffeinated already. So, I am sorry. I'm late. Um, no but you're Number not two, i can hear you at least through one ear no can, oh, can no, you hear both. me out okay yeah. Yeah. amazing yeah. okay okay so they're not completely rotten apples we're good you don't want to you don't want to shove them in a bowl of rice you're good that's what i was gonna do right that, that works for everything you know yes. and but no i think we're good i you know i did a little um oh tissue dab and uh yeah I love all it good unbelievable unbelievable it's so (laughs) it's so great to have you thank you for um being so responsive and willing to come on and have a chat with us for an hour and your busy day oh my gosh yeah thank you thanks for thanks for the invites and being patient with me to schedule this i'm so excited to be here not a problem you know what cup of coffee you got a big one too i do (laughs) i i i pride myself i don't have children but i'm the best aunt ever so that's nice yeah this was a gift from my well my my because my two-year-old nephew knew he was giving me this gift right but it was a gift it was a gift from him last christmas cute and i actually got okay this is totally off topic i actually got off drinking coffee recently i'm drinking some weird like natural i don't even know what's in it to be honest it's supposed to taste like coffee but it's like herbs and whatever and it's not okay. caffeinated i don't know it tastes How's like it a, going it's a, it's going <laughs> Charlie's like I'm, I'm skeptical, but I'm interested. No, it's well, that, it's going, and I see. And like we talk a lot about mental health on this podcast, and you know, one of my I, I like I'm a highly anxious person. I very functional, um, anxious person, but I've always dealt with anxiety, and so I'm like, you know what? That coffee in the morning, I love that pep, but it really doesn't um, help with the anxiety necessarily. So I'm just mm-hmm. trying something new. Anyway, enough about me. Oh. You're you're drinking the coffee. 
I, I am drinking the coffee, which is a step down from when I used to, when I was a, like a gym rat for a hot minute, <laughs> take those like horrible pills, like ephedra or something oh, like that, that like, so you can get on the treadmill and go or like do your thing. Talk about like an, like anxious energy that you're sweating from every pore and yeah you're you're on but like in a not not a not a happy way at least not for no. me it did not <laughs> did not Absolutely. sit well with with my body at all but yeah I'm um maybe like you like our systems are just really well I call myself a lightweight like you know a one drink situation and uh -huh. I am I'm pretty good yeah. uh-huh there's uh marijuana in the room it's the same kind of thing like a little goes a very long way with me yeah me too so me coffee too. and stuff too but do you get the headaches if you're not having no coffee? which is strange i mean i guess i'm lucky i only i've only really had like one cup a day so it's not been i've not really ever done more than that but even even that being said i know people that will have just the one cup they go off and they still get the headaches only with yeah. one cup a day so no i'm i'm okay but I love this <laughs> random, no, I random I coffee I conversation. Love this, I love this candidate. It's morning, it's coffee talk. Why? Like it's oh God, perfect. So Bring in so Mike Myers. Canadian. Coffee talk. Yes. Oh, so Canadian. Canadian. Oh, SNL. Oh, totally. Skit. Bring that SNL yes. Just make, trying to make it not so I, Canadian. Oh, <laughs> I felt like maybe you two were too young to remember that. But No, not at all. You know, I remember in high school. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, yeah, I don't, we don't have to age ourselves, but perhaps, Charlie, we could be around the same bracket. I'm I'm pushing the 4-0, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, we're kind of I'm, ish. You know, ish. I'm, I, I've, I've jumped put... that hurdle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stumbled over it. I don't know. Yes, it yeah. a good jump, but yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> oh I know. I, I know. I can imagine. I can imagine that I just stumbled over thirty. So um, we'll see. Uh, oh, okay. You know, well, <laughs> you're, you're not part of this conversation here on that, Mike. What? No, exactly. No. It's like, I off. know. Like, screw off. You're not like, You're not worthy of this decade. Forget about it. You know, oh my you God. know, all voices are irrelevant. Um, so it, it's, so it's great to have you. Um, Thank been you. obviously a huge follower of yours since uh, growing up and uh, seeing your journey along the way. Uh, we did, we are recording, of course, and we did record a little bit about of an intro to you and just kind of spoke a little bit about your history and where you come from and what you've accomplished in the past and where you're up to now. Um, but we always love our guests to introduce themselves more formally and fill in the blanks and anything else. So that way we can understand what's going on with you in your life and work from there. Okay, cool. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Charlie David. Uh, when I was five years old, my parents would not allow me to have a real pet. I desperately wanted a dog. Um, and so I tied a string to a wiffle ball and uh, that wiffle ball followed me around for a solid year and was an <laughs> excellent pet who would sit and stay, not, not speak on command, but did a few tricks. Um, I grew up in Saskatchewan in a very Ukrainian Polish uh, little city called oh. Yorkton. So I ate a lot of pierogies uh, growing <laughs> up, still do, still one of my favorite meals, um, played hockey and lacrosse, oh. hockey until I couldn't stand it anymore, basically, because right. I'd be skating around on the ice, just singing songs from musicals and oh um, <laughs> oh, kind I of love this. <laughs> loving that part, but hating the hockey part mm -hmm. and uh, going to my father in tears and saying, you know, I don't really like this. Can I quit? But in my family, mm -hmm. quitting was not a, 
it wasn't allowed. Once we started something, you had to follow it through. Right. And uh, he said, finish out the season and then you can hang up your skates. And I did. And my feet have been happy ever since. Oh, <laughs> how, how old were you? How old were you when you, when you stopped? Um, I was 13. 13. Yeah. Okay. Around 13 when I stopped hockey and then continued with lacrosse. But um, yeah. Yeah. I was fortunate with a good drama musical theater program in Saskatchewan, as well as Yorkton is the home of Canada's oldest film festival. And that's where I really, really fell in love with with television and film. I would, you know, huh. sit in that dark theater and, and watch films from all over Canada and the world and just kind of figured out that's what I want to do with my life. And so we've been huh. fortunate to have a few shows programmed for, for their festival this year. One of our um, series, Dating Unlocked, was mm-hmm. just nominated in the reality and lifestyle TV uh, category. So it's, wow. that's always kind of fun to, you know, that full circle scenario of yeah. what we do now and uh-huh. attaching it to something from childhood. Mm-hmm. So if you, I don't know, there, there's Congrats. a little, there's a little something about who Charlie is. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I mean, that's that's in- really incredible oh, to yeah, have that kind of full circle moment. I think it kind of shows the encompassing of where we start, how we get to where we are and then where we are now and reminding us about how it's always a journey, right? And, you know, with our, with our podcast, we want to get to know our guests for who they are on their journey. Uh, you know, we, I say this quite often in our introductions to our guests, it's common to ask questions that are very not irrelevant or not necessarily um, unimportant but they might be more on the surface. They might be more kind of little kind of small talk. And for us, we all, we love a little bit of small talk kind of dispersed into it, but we want to get to know who the person is and kind of the things that they may not have a chance to touch on or things that are really um, inspiring to them that maybe people don't ask them about. So we just want to always remind our guests, this is a place for you to be to come as you are and to chill out and just have a great dialogue and everything is on the table and whatever you don't want on the table, that's totally oh. okay as well. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, well, I don't know many people who know the story of that wiffle ball dog. So really, because <laughs> love you, that Charlie, you came into it like guns a blazing, like yeah. almost like so natural, like this, this is just how I start all my interviews or whatever I talk is just the wiffle, this the wiffle ball story. Like, yes. yes. <laughs> that's kind of what it sounded like. But, um, oh. and then the, what I was thinking, I just started, okay. I just started playing pickleball and guess what What's we use. Oh my God. Yeah, we use- <laughs> it's instead of a wiffle, it's a pickle. We, we hit the crap out of a wiffle ball. So I'm sorry for all your pets, oh, you know, yeah. friends and their oh, family and like, yes. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to look- have to look this up. Pickleball. I knew that a wiffle ball was used for something other than dogs, but I, I, really didn't, I don't, I don't know the history I there. I love so. it. Oh my god! It's a Google search. It is After a Google search, call. everybody, by the way. And it's so not just funny. for 65 year olds. So just so no. you know, it's like, it's a, it seems, okay, just, you'll know what I mean. Like when you Google it anyway. Yes. Anyway, um, where are you now? You're in Toronto. Is that correct? I'm in Toronto. Yeah. I'm yes. at home uh, this morning. I mean, yeah. I think like everybody's life right now, our office is, can be some days a little bit grand central station. And then other days yeah. like super quiet most mm-hmm. days. Yeah. Um, but just to make sure we had, you know, some quiet for our conversation, I stayed home. However, my yep. partner is also home from the hospital and he's upstairs what? and on many 
many Zooms as well. Um, So hopefully we'll be able to kind of like keep ourselves (laughs) segmented for the audio. But now, sorry, excuse me, are they okay or do they work at the hospital? Oh, yeah, work. Okay, okay. Okay, that's what I was wondering as well. Yeah, I was like, sorry about that. Yeah, no, he's in, um, yeah, health informatics. So um, doing like applications for remote care, which is something that's, you know, becoming more and more kind of important, especially as we try to keep people away from the hospitals wherever possible. So they're able to take on more of their own care, either using their phone or other technology like that to kind of monitor themselves and which gets relayed to their care team, including doctors and nurses. That's amazing. That's amazing. So how, sorry, go ahead, Hero, if you look like, <laughs> oh, I know no, we, we do that sometimes, like at, at, when you're not in the same room or yeah, the same city as totally. each other. Well, and totally. And, and as our podcast might suggest, uh, though it's not completely exclusive to it, Rachel and I are both kind of two Jewish best friends. So we have that definitely kind of kvetching and kind of like, no, it's my turn. No, it's my turn. Um, so it's very candid. No, but um, in terms of, in, I think a great place to chat and kind of get to know you a bit is about how did you meet your partner and um, learning oh. a little bit about, yeah, about like your life and about your identity and and the, how all yeah. that kind of progression happened to get to where you are now and being a father as well, from what I understand. Uh, of a dog. Of a dog. <laughs> got it. Yeah. I was yeah, like, got, <laughs> got it. Okay. Look so at we'll, the, look at the <laughs> fear. Yeah. There is like something like, in those what? eyes. For, like, is there something I don't know? This? What yeah. the hell's going on here? <laughs> um, although we do. Here? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> maybe I'll go backwards because there was a okay. couple questions sure. there. So yes. we do have family here fairly regularly. And so we are busy as uncles, which, uh, Rachel, you can, you know, relate to, um, there. So, um, we have teenage uh, nieces and nephews who live in the Ottawa uh, area who play a high level of lacrosse and hockey. And so are often with us, like, you know, almost every week, um, Mm there is one of them coming to play in Toronto or the Toronto area or down to the States and stuff. And so, um, yeah, this is a hotel. And so often we have, when I say we have family, you know, family night or things going on, it's, uh, nieces, uh, sorry, nieces, nephews, um, um, my you know, brother and sister-in-law, et cetera, wiffle balls, <laughs> all of that stuff. Yep. Um, but no, no children of our own. And right. then working backwards, uh, my partner, uh, Patrick and I have been together for just over 10 years now. Wow. And we met in Montreal. We were both living there. He grew up there. Nice. And um, it was one of these situations of a mutual friend's birthday party. Both of us had been, you know, hanging out with this friend for uh, at least a year, if not a couple of years, but we'd never all, you know, hung out together. Mm-hmm. And so kind of knew about these two different crews that this guy was running with, both of us in separate ones. And so at the birthday party, he walked in that night, <clears throat> he was wearing jeans and a plaid shirt. And I was like, who is that handsome cowboy? And <laughs> we Canadian ended up playing, cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. Canadian cowboy. <laughs> um, we ended up playing salad bowl or celebrity. It's sometimes called, do you guys know that game? I don't believe have, so. So you have a bowl and everybody in the room will write down three things. Normally people, but it could be, uh, yeah, normally I'll just, for simplicity, I'll say 
um, that it's names of people could be alive, dead, fictional, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you go through three consecutive rounds. The first round, you can say anything to describe that person except their actual name. So if it was Lois Lane, I might say, uh, you know, Superman relationship, mm -hmm. um, blah, blah, blah. And then people would be like, well, was Lane or mm -hmm. the Joker or whatever. Mm -hmm. right. Um, anyway, you do as many as you can in a minute. And then in the next round, you can say only one word. And then in the final <sighs> round, it's all charades. Oh, that's some, wow. people, some people take it a step further and do a fourth round or turn the charades round into under a sheet. So then <gasps> you have... <laughs> What? You have to act out yeah. what Lois Lane would be, but under a sheet. Oh, um, my, oh my God. I love this. Guessing. If you have not played this game, no. let me tell you, it is one of the <laughs> most fun with a good group of friends. It's like, it's absolutely hilarious. I love it. Um, so we're playing that. And I really liked his sheet game, you know, and then, <laughs> and it really, you know, just kind of went from there. So yeah, I've been together, uh, 10 years now and that's that's pretty incredible for me to say yeah. there was a lot of I mean I'm a relationship person you mm -hmm. know family friends otherwise but there was uh you know a long period where it was just shorter relationships a few months or kind of like mm -hmm. max out of the year and mm -hmm. just thought I don't know that's the rotation that I'm on and then yeah Patrick came along and that changed the rest so. is history uh, yeah oh yeah. my gosh <laughs> that's adorable love that so you okay so you were in montreal um i because just reading your bio it's like from saskatchewan lived in montreal you went to school in victoria mm -hmm. and yeah, you're in toronto right. so i'm just like holy like mm -hmm. just hopping around canada like yeah um, all over. so when you were in victoria you went to what did you go to school for it was in the arts it was, yeah, it was the Canadian yeah. College of Performing Arts. It's a little, yeah. you know, tap dancing uh, college out there. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it was, it was really great. It was a collection of, you know, um, like-minded performers from across Canada. Yeah. I think it was, um, it was a bit of a mismatch for me just because I knew I wanted to work in film and television. And this was like right. very musical theater strain you know mm -hmm. kind of like a, a Sheridan or you know Ryerson like others yeah, have yeah. kind of specific programs yeah um but what I liked about it is that it was a one-year or two-year certificate so it's kind of like okay. in out right you know option yeah <clears throat> and I knew I wanted some training but I also wanted to get on to the next steps and so the next steps after that for me were uh left school early moved down to Las Vegas did music for a little while Wow. Then moved to LA, did TV for a little while, and then was kind of back and forth between LA, Vancouver for kind of like from when I was 19 until later 20s. Mm -hmm. um, then, yeah, then Montreal uh, and then uh, and then Toronto now for six years. Wow. Wow. That's so, incredible. Well, I am 42. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I haven't. I haven't it will be 42. I haven't, yeah, but I haven't bumped around that much and like lived in many places and done all that stuff. But I guess, you know, when, when you're chasing perhaps, you know, in the entertainment industry, yeah, there's definitely different cities that are po possibly going to give you more opportunities than mm -hmm. even specifically in Canada. So 
Um, Did you find that actually in comparison to, or yeah, actually that's a good question. Like your, I'm just telling myself, yeah, good question, Rachel. Um, (laughs) That (laughs) the the difference between uh, the opportunities that maybe you're given in Canada versus the States. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I think, sorry. No, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go ahead. That's it. Yes. I'll zip it. I think, I think what that, what, that taught me going to the States at kind of 18 turning 19 through some failure was Mm -hmm. resiliency. And so when I left college early, the reason I left was I was invited to join a boy band. And (laughs) I read that. And this boy band was tenacious, but not successful. Meaning that like we, you know, we tried and there was, uh, you know, a manager and we had some fun opportunities to open for, you know, different artists and stuff, often weird mismatches too. Like, mm. you know, we were opening for Snoop Dogg or something, which didn't <laughs> like, we got pummeled with water bottles, you know, because oh it's just the audience is going like, what are these four white bread boys doing? Like singing us a ballad right now, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like yeah. not, um, <clears throat> But again, resiliency, right? And like mm-hmm. learning, okay, what are we going to do? And do you run off the stage or do you, you know, uh, light a candle, pull some stools around in the semicircle and sing another ballad? Well, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but, but through that, I think, you know, in uh, To Be Serious, we, it helped shaped like as an early person, as an early younger human and young performer knowing like what you want to do Mm. what you maybe don't want to do I always enjoyed music like I played violin and piano and stuff growing up but it wasn't my it was a a hobby that I could Mm -hmm. get lost in but it wasn't Mm. something that like I was driven to share performatively with other people you know and so that that kind of helped figure that part out and so then um, when the band, you know, started to, uh, to fall apart at the seams and uh, I moved to LA and knew that, you know, okay, now I want to focus on film and television. And, and, and that was the next step. Um, and I think the other thing that being in the States taught me was how to make a project and how to be reliant on yourself. Because here in Canada, we have the benefit of a lot of wonderful arts programming Mm. um, and tax credit systems for film and television and Canada Council for different artists. And and in the States, there's much less of that. It's kind of like if you want to make a show or if you want to do something, you're pulling together private investors or, you know, you're selling directly to networks or whatever. But there's um, there's less of a defined roadmap to how to get it done. Hmm. So um, I think out of necessity that taught me some of the, the path in creating shows, which, you know, fast forward to today is kind of what, what I do now. So, (laughs) so I think that part was helpful, but I feel very, you know, lucky now to be um, a Canadian, to have access to all of the, awesome you know funding and support and interest in the arts that we have here and think it's an incredible place to to create and co-create 
all types of content. So yeah. I really don't have any longing or, uh, um, yeah, no longing or desire to like go back to Hollywood or go back to mm. wherever. Cause I think the world has just changed so much too. It's decentralized and that like we can create wherever the heck we are, you know, yeah. really our only limitations are those that we put on, put upon ourselves largely now. So. Mm -hmm. amen to that yeah it's true absolutely yeah. well and that's very true and i think the kind of the general scope that you gave about how you got to the different modalities the different mediums of content creation and production right um what i'm curious and with that being said is kind of what were some of the things that you noticed both as you shifted through these ways of creating content as the times and as technology continued to evolve and societal cultures evolved. And then also in North America, the contrast, not just based on logistics, but people and culture and society. Um, what was that like for you? If you could kind of look back in, in each phase to now, what are the, the changes you've noticed? Yeah. Um, you know, I sometimes laugh with uh, the director's, of a show I did called bump, which was a world right. travel show. And it was yeah. a LGBTQ travel show. And yeah. Yeah. the whole idea is we were going to places in the world where it was safe and welcoming for queer travelers. So where mm -hmm. could I, you know, feel safe walking down the street, holding a partner's hand, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Cause there's at that time and still today, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of places that are very unsafe for queer people. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> So kind of a dream job, you know, yeah. and got to see so many uh, parts of the world, but it was also, I mean, when I started, I think I was probably still on Friendster, which mm. neither of you probably know what that is. It was kind of like a pre, yeah. like a pre Facebooky kind of a thing. Familiar, yeah. but yeah. I don't think I was on it, but yeah, it's very familiar. <laughs> but essentially, you know, being old enough to have been through a friendster, a Facebook, mm -hmm. Periscope, kind of like a pre-TikTok, yeah. TikTok, YouTube, like yeah. all these things and the expectations around networks or me as a producer too, when we're creating shows now, we're thinking in such a different holistic multimedium kind of way than we were when we were doing a show like that. Mm -hmm. The and I think that has an implication on everybody's um, well-being and mental health as well, because yes, back then, yeah. you know, it's kind of like we do the show at the end of the day, I go home to the hotel room or wherever we are. And like, you get to really relax. Mm -hmm. Now there's this expectation of like always on for everybody. And it's like, even yeah. when we call cut, oh, now we do this TikTok. Now we mm -hmm. post to this. Now we mm -hmm. on and on and on and on. It's, it's a constant um, kind of hamster wheel of production that I think mm -hmm. can be engaging for your fan base, you know, uh, in different ways, but it does create a whole lot of uh, extra demands for everybody. Plus sides, like yeah. maybe new discovery methods and engagement and stuff like that, which is awesome opportunities to have kind of you know, after show talks or yeah. all types of things. <clears throat> um, but I often think of that show in specific and just think, what would that have been like if we also had the expectation to constantly be TikToking and Instagramming and tweeting and doing oh that in yeah. addition to our, our, our days like we do now. And um, 
I would have been huge, you guys. I would have been huge. I would have been <laughs> the biggest influencer in the world. Uh, I'm thankful I'm not. <laughs> oh my it's god! It's a lot to uphold for sure. Absolutely, but not only that. I mean, then now you're dealing with you're you know you're putting yourself out there as a performer anyway, and now you're even more so because you're on social platforms and you are allowing essentially people to in real time comment and connect with you. And it's not always positive. So, right. Um, so mm-hmm. like we were talking last night, this episode hasn't come out yet. We were talking to um, chef Christina Wilson from hell's kitchen. Cause we had her on for the second time and she's just the sweetest person in the world. And she was just saying, she's like, you know, I'm on Instagram, but if there's just even, she couldn't handle the comment, the comments, you know, it's just like, if there's one bad comment, it's like, you know, I don't want it to ruin my day. And I don't, I don't know if I have that in me to necessarily just, um, you know, push it away and mm-hmm. move on. So she doesn't even, you know, she doesn't mean to be uh, disconnected from her followers necessarily, but it's just, it's a lot, you know? So did you ever, have you ever for found sure. that for yourself or over the years? I think what I, what I'm noticing now, um, I'll just kind of like refocus this into things that we're doing now mm-hmm. for the safety and security of all our team members. Because, mm-hmm. you know, whenever we're making a show, it's really a community effort. It's like no mm-hmm. one person makes something generally, you know, uh, in, in at least in, in film and television. Um, and in terms of uh, responsibility, in positive ways, but that are also um, can be onerous for producers or show creators uh, comes in terms of preparation and ongoing um, kind of checking in with all of your cast and crew. Right. So on the shows that we have coming up, for example, the expectations from networks, we have to do criminal checks on everybody. We have to do psychological evaluations on everybody. They need to go for, to see one, you know, therapist for an initial kind of Mm -hmm. uh, baseline where you at. When we're done a show, they need to, you know, it's recommended they check in with a different therapist who can then like check back to like where baseline was and where we are now. We have to make sure that, you know, everybody has accessibility to book sessions with therapy if they need. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like one level of thing that has a lot of really positive stuff when you think mm-hmm. about it, in addition to something like now making sure that we have intimacy coordinators on every show. And right. one of the last shows that we wow. did, so intimacy coordination yeah. is, you, please explain. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> so back in the day when I would do a show like Dante's Cove, which was a queer soap opera yeah. yes. and there would be a sex scene. We would essentially be thrown in a room, told to get naked, yeah. and a long, you know, sequences of yeah. the camera work and stuff would happen, and we would be kind of following our own what we, how I thought, you know, this kind of scene should go, with a mm. little bit of input from a director and stuff. But it was on the fly, um, largely. <clears throat> yeah. So if I felt the impulse to run my hand through your hair, I might just do that because that's what I'm feeling in the moment as an actor, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Whereas now the way we approach scenes like that is they are choreographed. So Uh, mm. if I I feel in a rehearsal first, Rachel, 
would you feel comfortable if I were to run my hand through your hair? Mm-hmm. Yes, Charlie, that, you know, that would feel good for me in this moment too. So right. let's like, you know, lay the, the, the foundation with some communication and consent on both right. sides oh. and with director there and choreograph it just like you would choreograph a dance or a yeah. fight scene, mm-hmm. right? So that wow. there's no moment of surprise because there shouldn't, there, there doesn't need to be. <laughs> no, <laughs> right that's now. true. Right. That's because otherwise you can easily start. And I experienced this on that show, like in retrospect going, okay, I did that. And I came away. And when I saw the show, I was freaked out because the truth was I saw it. And in my mind, I edited it a totally different way. Right. Right. I had the expectation. Oh, this is like, we have this little languid moment. And then, you know, and we move into something else and it's like 15 seconds tops. Right. And then yeah. you see the edit and you're like, Oh shit, this is like a five minute freaking sequence that they've decided <laughs> to like cut together, like a music video sex scene. Right. right. Wow. And as an actor, like you don't, you know, you were often, there's this hierarchical situation on set you don't want to be the one to kind of like make a scene or right. like raise your hand and say, uh, what? Like, I don't want to do that. Cause there's all the pressure of money and time and got to get to the next thing. Yeah. Right. So. <clears throat> and you don't want to look like that kind of, um, to be that queen person, or that. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> or high yeah. maintenance or anything. Yeah. yeah. But now this many years later and being in the position of a director and producer and, and, having that understanding of what that was like for me. And so making sure that we have in place and we do things like intimacy coaching, consent and communication coaching before anything like this. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the shows we have in post avocado toast season two right now, one of the characters is going through uh, uh, cuddle therapy. And so that was mm-hmm. another one where we had a cuddle, somebody who is a, a certified cuddler yeah. <laughs> come on the show yeah. and <clears throat> work with us on positions and stuff to ensure mm. whatever was going to be done, that there was a, uh, it was talked through first, then it was practiced. And we did exactly what we did in our rehearsal right. when the crew was in and, and we began to shoot. So back to your question, I think like, <clears throat> There are more demands on production for the safe care and keeping of our team and our participants, which I think is a very healthy thing. The challenging piece for somebody like me, a business person and producer at the same time, being very open and wanting to do all of these things, often the budgets are not changing though. So it's like, how do I now accommodate, make time for hire these extra positions that I need. I need to have an intimacy coordinator there in advance, extra rehearsals, extra Zooms on the day. It's another, it's another few people, right? Oh, yeah. And then the last couple of years with the pandemic, those budgets haven't changed, but now we also have to like make sure there's air filtration systems, make sure we're testing everybody, make sure there's right. COVID safety right. personnel on set every day. So, um, it's that it's a bit of the push and the pull of like, you're doing what you know is needed and is correct and is right. And is the best for everybody. Yeah. And, um, and the just economy that any business will struggle with where you're like, okay, and how do we make this work? It's one thing Yes. when we can plan in advance now for shows we're going to do next year or two years from now. And we go, yeah. okay, 
gas is also more expensive. <laughs> right. Intimacy coordinators and we need right. COVID supervisors in case there's this pandemic or another one. Right. Um, but two years ago for the shows we've been doing for the past two years, you know, we didn't have that uh, magic eight ball to look forward to and go, I know, this yeah. is where culture will be in our society with expectations around mm. this type of communication and consent, you know, practice. Right? Yeah. Yes. Or yeah. there's a pandemic <laughs> coming yeah. up that's going to change how you work. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's a, a great segue um, in terms of the pandemic itself. And again, with mental health and emotional health and wellness being so brought to the forefront um, for those that might have not necessarily been exposed to it or as aware of it, whereas people like Rachel and myself, which I can speak for, have been living with it our entire lives and are very dialed into it as a daily self-care and regulation method. Um, so I'm curious to know about on your side, whether if it's from your own personal life or those around you, plus the crews and the industries that you live in, how was that for all of you um, as a very general kind of question? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it was tough. I think I like, you know, to, to put it, <laughs> to put it in its most simplistic terms, it's tough for everybody, right? Yeah. I think I really saw my my employees and my crew um, kind of split into to two most kind of common occurrences. There were some of us who turned into like hyper crazy ass squirrels who are gathering every nut and working so freaking hard to like in anticipation of everything like risk averse i'm gonna like yeah. i don't know like just make everything happen and sell 10 more shows than i know we could ever make and like do mm-hmm. <laughs> just just like go into overdrive yeah out of yeah. fear mm-hmm. you yeah. know um and then and others and myself included on other days, just go into a complete shutdown, right. Where you're just like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I, the fear is now, you know, um, just, just eroding any resolve that I have, any hope that I have any confidence that I might have that I can take care of my people. Right. too, mm-hmm. Right. So like, yeah. and you know, certainly as, you know, at some phases when you're going into production and, you know, you're watching the news and the, okay, this wave is going up and it's like this and here are the numbers now. And I'm going through it again because we're about to go into production in May and I'm looking and it's like Ontario numbers and Quebec numbers. We're in the sixth wave and they're going higher. And it's, you know, they're saying it's probably 30 to 35,000 cases a day now in Ontario. What? I didn't even, sorry, right now? right now per day through the wastewater analysis because we don't have access to testing right we have so what the the specific numbers are just over three thousand, but those are people who have had access to test of course the wastewater analysis is like 30 to thirty-five thousand. we've not been there before right this is higher than than ever before now more of us are vaccinated etc i i won't I won't turn this into a COVID talk. I'm sorry. For sure. Um, no problem. But but that information, in addition to like, there's a war, you know, going <laughs> yeah. on. There's like, and all of these things create a, 
a big challenge for us as creators and storytellers, right? Mm-hmm. Because it gets, it can be easy to, to shut down or not know how to, you know, to make our lemonade out of those lemons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So just talking about tools that are helpful. One thing that I try and do and encourage my team to do is just share our fears so like in every conversation, if it's a Zoom meeting or whatever, trying to end it or, you know, prior to ending, great that we've talked about all these things. Now, what are you afraid of? Mm. And opening it up, you know, to yes. also say, this is what I'm afraid of right now, <laughs> Yeah, you know, because then, then it's out in the open. It's out of us. It's out of your yeah. body and brain. It's spoken out loud. And once it's spoken out loud, it can also feel not as scary because right. Then we can like circle around it and try to find, okay, how great. Yeah. That is scary. (laughs) Yeah. Like how do we lasso that and make it manageable? And somebody else in the room likely has an idea or a fix or a question that's going to like lead down the road to solving it. Um, And I never used to do that, you know, to like admit I was scared of anything uh, yeah, because like, it for cause, most of us, right? Right. Yeah, because you know, it's mm-hmm. unfortunately there's that uh, for so long. I guess we were told that that would mean our guards were, would be let down. We were weak. We were less than. There was all mm-hmm. these, you know, a lot of negative uh, words that come into play, and um, and and kind of un- unfortunately these days too is you know those that are. I guess it doesn't have to get into a COVID talk, but it just made me think about you know anti vaxxers or people that are telling those that actually do uh believe that covid is not it's not a positive thing like it's okay to be afraid of it it's kind of like if you're afraid of it then you're a sheep then you're weak mm-hmm. then you're you know so that still is kind of going it, that's circling around that that whole conversation as well so mm-hmm. i commend you for for doing that cuz you know it's we we can't live in the darkness and think that uh those anxieties or fears are Mean, mean that we're, you know, sensitive and not um, as important as the next person. So, yeah. And, uh, but, the, but to add to that though, as well, I mean, I, it could, I think it, I might be in the minority on this and that that's totally fine. I always usually am with anything, but uh, I find based on my self-expression and my ability to just speak what's on my mind without a filter, I've always been very candid in my life with people that I might be fearful of being judged by or whatever and saying, my fears, my concerns, my self-doubts um, as a way of just being real so that we, there isn't this feeling of, am I being dishonest or am I lying? And not saying that, that those two things add up, but sometimes people can perceive it to be that way, even if it's not at all. So mm-hmm. I kind of thought if I just cut that out, then as long as if I'm honest, regardless if it's what people want to hear or not hear, if yeah. they're happy or not happy, then my conscience at least is, is spoken for. And at least I'm being vulnerable enough to admit like, perfect example. I just started a new job. I have no idea how it's going to go, but I'm excited, but also saying, Hey, these are my areas of development, but these are my areas that I'm very underdeveloped in that. I don't know if I'll be able to develop further because of my own cognitive health. You know, these are things that I might be capped at and I don't want to feel like that means I'm a failure or that I am incompetent mm-hmm. at that part of that 
job or that or that role because I am much more excellent and developed in other areas that maybe people might not ever get to that point. So that's a perfect tangible example that we can all go through, but how many people actually have the willingness or the comfort to express that and know it's okay to, and that's what you're touching on. There's a cultural shift happening because of COVID and because of societal understanding that it's okay to admit what you're afraid of, what you are uncomfortable with and whether you choose to fight through it or say that's actually a boundary of mine, for example, and it's not something that I need to feel pressure to do better. Mm-hmm. that's how people can support you and meet you where you're at. And I think the more that we get comfortable with that and generationally, I think it'll get easier and easier. Mm-hmm. These different industries that we're in that have such high stress and have such high expectation, it'll actually create better results because people are being honest with each other and not just trying to fight through something that they feel that they don't know how to navigate. We, we only just started asking these questions though. Like employers only, only really just started checking in and asking these questions. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, isn't that, it's crazy to think that, Hey, like only just now have, and because the question is asked it, it basically right off the bat, just, just means it's okay. Mm. Right. I it's- love so many things that you both just said. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so exciting because I think when we're, when we reveal the things that we're scared of, or we reveal what we perceive as our own shortcomings, Mm -hmm. it gives opportunity for enhancing trust, right? Between all of us. And the speed of trust is going to like enhance friendships and business or family or romance or any of Mm -hmm. those things. And, And we often only get to trust when we are vulnerable enough to share our soft underbellies or the parts that we're most resistant to mm-hmm. <laughs> share. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes when we just know, like I'm, I'm thinking back to a show I did in the fall and um, someone who was uh, working on our um, craft services. So that's kind of like your mm-hmm. snack table. Right. right and, yeah. um, and they would often go and like put their headphones on and get in a very um, what could be perceived as kind of like uh, uh, removed from the group kind of exclusionary mm-hmm. kind of situation and be like hyper focused with their hood on mm-hmm. on their computer. And you might think, well, what's up with them? Are they in a weird mood today or whatever? Yes. But then through some you know, because they trusted enough to share um, some, some challenges that were going on there. I was like, no, this is a way to singularly focus on what I need to do right now, which is restocking and doing all my like Excel sheet calculations for, you know, making sure that that craft table is constantly yeah. <laughs> like full of all the stuff. It sounds maybe, um, simplistic but for me it was very uh it was hugely beneficial and insightful to just understand okay this is these are the paths that your brain needs to go through to to excel or to like to filter out other things that are happening because on a yes like on a tv set like (laughs) people and things are moving like it's like it's chaotic right yeah so for somebody that doesn't work well in chaos this was an adaptation that yeah. great, 
so long as we, you know, when people know, and if there's that vulnerability to share, then we can support that. We can even maybe go a step further and find like a, a side room that can be an office, you know, yes. when you need to do that or something, mm-hmm. right. Instead of feeling like they need to pull a hood over their head. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. exactly. The exactly. over-communication part is a huge thing. Yeah. And that's something that people say have said to me and the term that I think is a great term is, you know, when you're an over-communicator, then it's better to over-communicate than under-communicate. Even if you might over-communicate and it might be like, okay, I don't need all that information, but I can extract what <laughs> you told me. I don't know what you're I talking about. Apply it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas if someone is very much like an under-communicator, then you miss things too, because sometimes yeah. you might miss things from it. Yeah. So I think it's better to have that balance, but it's better just to speak your mind and just be open and say kind of what's what's being felt. And then over time, people get to know the unique way that you think, feel, and express, and obviously see that you're talented and gifted and have a lot to offer. So that's something that you have to build a tolerance, but also build a compassion for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that I, as long as, um, you know, just thinking people, I don't know how else to really put it, but people that are in a place of power or on that hierarchy, they are, you know, a little bit of maybe they're at the top of that hierarchy. Those are the people that need to be making it and, and yourself included, you know, Charlie, making it okay, asking those questions because um, it's the, you know, the people that maybe work for those people who need to feel like, it's okay. Or that, um, or just, I think, the, I think that's what we do in our podcast too. Like the people that are put on those so-called pedestals, you know, thinking that, well, they have their shit together. They, nothing ever goes wrong in their lives. Like they don't ever get a chance to not be okay. Right. Which is mm-hmm. not always the case. And I think those are the people, and that's why we like to have people on the podcast in those positions who are saying and asking those questions and saying like, no, no, it's, like I also go through this, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So hopefully, we'll keep having these these conversations. What I love so much about this. So, I think so. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I think it comes on both sides. It's like approaching new situations, like a new yeah. job. Oh my gosh, I got. I'm wearing a butterfly shirt, but like I got butterflies when you said that because I was like, uh, oh, what would uh, that feel like to start a new job? You it's know, fucking terrifying. And it's a, it's my first job as a manager, so um, oh, it's, okay. it's terrifying <laughs> and exciting. Yes. Do you have a mix of both? Both. I definitely broke down yeah. into tears because uh, basically the very short shorthand is that I just got over having COVID. It's like my third day of having mm-hmm. like no symptoms. Uh, oh. And I applied, applied, applied for jobs for a few months. Um, very Cole's notes was a yoga teacher full time. So I met Rachel and then chose not to teach um, as of December of last year, worked in retail as a past experience thing, and then got tired of that. And then knew that I had a ton of combined experience with this in the podcast to kind of go and apply to stuff in wellness and administration or things like that. And I knew that I was ready to be in some kind of leadership role that can combine the experiences. So then I got no, no, no things from Indeed, nothing from LinkedIn. I was like, Hey, fuck, what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden, as things can happen, you know, five interviews come up in one week Two second interviews come up from two different jobs. I have COVID and then having to basically <laughs> oh, no. go from a turnaround period of a week from first to second virtual interview, and then starting the job training. And then now as of yesterday, and then after this today on site in the space that I'm working in. So it's all a lot of anxiety and anticipation and stress, but thankfully very relaxing environment and very supportive people around at the highest end and the base. 
and just seeing what happens. Like there's nothing to lose, only the game. You go in with your head high, you do what you can do, right? That's kind of how it goes. But again, here, you said that you, you were so upfront with your boss, which is right, right right off the bat, which is amazing. And you felt, you know, the support right off the bat. So that's, yeah, that's fantastic as well. So, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that not to doubt your competency, but to also say, Hey, I'm not an administrator. I know that this role has administration in it, but it's not what I want to be doing long-term the skills that are applied to this role that are mm-hmm. more, let's say 80% of it or whatever, the higher percentage of it, I am probably much more competent and excel beyond some people based on my experiences and how I show up and that shows for itself. But this other little bit of it that is also important, I don't know if I can sustainably do that. And I'm concerned about my competency and my proficiency to learn those skills, be accountable for them and actually do the job correctly. You know, so going in and being like, really like, I'm not going to overpromise anything, but here's where I know I love to do things. Here's where I know I'm not super strong in and what I'm worried about and making sure that I'm the right fit for it and just learning the job as best as I can. And we'll see over time if I can actually pull it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's That's a fine great. balance. Yeah. It reminds me of a conversation I had with my sister, one of my sisters earlier this week, and she's in elementary school uh, principal and she's doing a a master's right now in Mm. um, uh, kind of with a focus on diversity and inclusion and, you know, it's in small town Saskatchewan. And um, so there's, you know, kind of unique and some expected challenges that, that might be there. Um, But what she's empowering herself to do lately is if parents come in and have a question or another teacher or whatever, Mm -hmm. is just, you know, instead of the kind of fake it till you make it is um, knowing it's okay to say, I don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) as well, but but I'll try and go find out, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then do the work to like learn or figure out whatever that is. But I think Mm -hmm. sometimes back to your point of, and any of us can do this. It doesn't matter where somebody might be on, you know, kind of a power hierarchy of wherever we are, Mm -hmm. but the, the instinct to, again, to not show our vulnerability by pretending (laughs) that Mm -hmm. we know something. Um, And then instead, and, you know, I do that more and more too, just saying like, you know what? I don't know (laughs) as well as I F that up. Like I made it, right. I, I, I shit the bed. That was, that was horrible. Yep. I shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have done that. Should have yep. approached that differently. And, you know, can we, can we give that another go? Can we start again? And I yeah. think that's, um, it's helpful. It takes humility. We have to like, you know, take that big breath to sometimes have those conversations. Um, but again, I think there's always, or generally an opportunity to then strengthen whatever relationship that is, whether it's like employee to employee or friend Mm -hmm. to friend or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, And, and awesome growth that can happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I just, I was looking at the time and I can't believe it's almost 10 (laughs) o'clock already, which well, no, wait, three hours ahead for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, because I'm just like, I have more questions, but I know both here when I have day jobs. So <laughs> we yeah, both yeah. have to. Well, well, is there anything else that, any burning question um, that you want to 
dive into? I do. I have one for sure. And part of it is also based on the fact that with you, I mean, you're working on probably multiple projects at once, but, you know, seeing that you're uh, with Dating Unlocked and then it seems like it's been doing very well. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but I don't know if I can actually, I don't know how I would stream it or, or find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dating Unlocked is a dating reality show mm-hmm. um, that features a LGBTQ uh, plus cast, which we're really excited about because, nice. um, you know, a lot of dating shows, sometimes there might be a, a queer person as kind of like a token member yeah. or, mm-hmm. or sometimes when there has been a more queer show, it's kind of focused on, like Prince Charming, which is a really fun show, but it's all uh, gay men. And so we wanted to do something that was like for people who are poly and, you know, non-binary and monogamous or asexual or just like, like everybody's invited. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, And we had so much fun doing it. And I think there was a lot of wonderful learning for, for everybody involved as well as we filmed in June and July of 2021. And so Toronto, we were in lockdown for like six That's months. Right. Mm-hmm. So we were just coming out of that. So everybody was very hot girl, boys, <laughs> yes. you know, like yes. hot human summer. Yes. <laughs> Wanted yeah. to feel all the feels. Yes. Um, right. Which was which was really fun. It made for some great energy on the show. And that's another one where, you know, we really practiced with the um, communication and consent, as well as it being a no drugs or alcohol set, because we wanted to make sure everybody was in the driver's seat of their own decision-making at every step of the way. Because if you've watched other reality TV, especially in the dating world, often you'll see these like just tables full of, alcohol oh, and it's yeah. kind of a free for all hmm. yeah. and then people end up sometimes making decisions that they might regret we just want right. to make sure like totally. you know when people watch back our show that they feel great about mm-hmm. having participated having been involved yeah. that it was a positive experience for them yeah. and not something that they're cringing or like going <laughs> oh gosh i hope i hope nobody sees this yeah um and so your t- uh, to your question hero uh, Dating Unlocked is on OutTV in Canada, as mm-hmm. well as their uh, channel on Apple TV and Amazon. Okay. So awesome. in Canada, that's how you watch it. And then elsewhere in the world, um, if you have OutTV, it's in a lot of places now. You can try that. Um, or it's on Vimeo. It'll be Google soon. Uh, or just visit our website, which is border2border.ca. Mm-hmm and all the links for where it's available will be continue to populate there it's amazing and and are you still casting for the show or is it coming back uh we're hoping so we haven't um there's no announcement yet as to a Mm -hmm. second season but uh but it's there's been a lot of interest and a lot of really positive feedback online from you know even parents watching and going oh you know i have a non-binary teen and we were starting these conversations about relationships and stuff. And I didn't know where to start. And this right. is a really helpful, you know, start of a conversation or people just watching and, you know, just having a, uh, a good time with it. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was fun to do. And I certainly hope that we'll be coming back for a second season. 
It would be great. I mean, and this can be for, I can chat with you about this offline, but I was actually a contest, not a contestant, sorry. I was a feature date on the first season of First States Canada and it filmed in Vancouver. So I'm <laughs> nice. kind of, when I saw that you were doing that, I was very curious to kind of see the contrast and the differences. And also, I mean, I'm, I like to call myself a hopeful romantic not hopeless. Uh, so for myself, being someone with what I go through, my challenges and how I am very non-seen and kind of have trouble meeting people, unless if it's through applications, you know, there are certain cha- channels or portals to increase your ability to meet people um, or to be connected to something that you never would think about. Um, so that's why I was curious about it as well. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the, um, on, Sorry, I'm just going to send a quick text to my yeah. partner just to put his headphones in too. Oh, <laughs> good. Sure. Oh. No problem. Because <laughs> I, I hear he's jumped on a call. No problem. Oh, I can't even hear. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can't hear bit. at all. No, okay. Not no. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. So that, like the, the, the conceit on our show, I guess, is that it's one person comes on and they are choosing between three other people to ultimately okay. invite on a second date. So, and it uh, kind of goes through some of the, I guess the real world dating scene that we do now. So first they watch a video of the three other people. So kind of like a dating app profile right. and get a little bit of information. Then they meet in person and they play a game called um, Guess Who, which is essentially like they, they read three statements and then right. Uh, our main dater tries to guess who said what. So just on first impressions, like, <laughs> oh, you know, who does that statement belong to? Yeah. Um, oh, that's really and then fun. they do a game that's kind of specific to them. So if it's, you know, it could be dancing, it could be like creating a piece of art, it could be doing a more like sensual thing or whatever. Right. And then the last piece is uh, we call up close and personal, and it's an opportunity to practice intimacy. And for us, we frame it like intimacy does not mean sex or exclusively sex. Intimacy can be holding hands. It can be having a deep conversation. It can be sharing an eye gaze with somebody. It can be a slow dance. It could be a striptease. It could be making out. It's like this buffet table of options that you can explore through communication to figure out like, this is what I'm curious about. Like, how do you mm-hmm. feel about this? And getting to a place where, again, those daters are always in the driver's seat without an expert expectation of like, oh gosh, I need to take my clothes off. Oh gosh, I right. have to kiss this person because the TV producers are expecting it. <laughs> you know, right? It's like, yeah. No, or the public, or the public is expecting some drama, and I've got right. to, you know, yeah. kind of totally that's manufacture that's really something, cool. right? Right? Yeah. yeah exactly. I love that. That's super awesome. But I think a lot of people were like you in being hopeful romantics because, you know, (laughs) like I'm not a professional yenta. Like we were just like, you know, we get these (laughs) submissions from everybody and we do our best, which was challenging too because it wasn't just, you know, set up man with woman. Yeah. Like a lot of it was like monogamous non-monogamous like Mm -hmm. you know i'm into kink i'm not i'm into i'm trying to pair who four people for each episode that might kind of connect and were we ever surprised with the number (laughs) of people who chose second dates 
and like who wanted to continue the romance and really, oh, I really I'm going to watch this. The connection. Yeah. 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 Cause I, I kind of thought, well, I don't know, 50, 50, like some, yeah. uh-huh. some will say yes. And others will be like, no, you guys are up to the left field. There's no, like, yeah, no, no connection here. Yeah. Um, so anyway, have, thank have you, you both so much for, for inviting me here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having, <laughs> having the time to chat and connect on so many different um, spectrums and planes. It, it was fantastic. Yeah, I'm sorry, Rachel, that I cut you off. No, I was, no, all I was going to okay. say is, uh, no, now I, I just got so curious. I was just going to say, um, do, have you done a follow up with any of them? Have anyone, have any, has anyone stayed together? Are you allowed to say that? Yeah, we did do follow ups with uh, everybody. Yeah, and there, there. I mean, I, I think that there's probably a few where there's been a, a continued connection. So out right. of ten episodes. I feel like that's probably pretty standard, like in yeah, terms of statistics yeah. of like post first date, you know, yep. what might yes. actually happen once we get into the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, but lots of friendships continued and lots of good um, just ongoing relationships with us too. There's one of oh, the great. daters who will be on our, um, the third season of Drag Heels, uh, H-E-A-L-S, which is a documentary series that we do about the therapeutic aspects of drag as an art form. Right. So we're going wow. into production on that um, starting in May. And one of our daters will be joining because they also do drag. And wow, uh, cool. we discovered that um, and, and we're like, oh my gosh, you're, you're fantastic. Like as a yeah. drag king, you do like really awesome stuff. So, um, so that's the fun thing about doing shows like this too, is starting to see all these different super creative humans and, and where they can, you know, fit in this big quilt of creation. Absolutely. Fantastic. Keep doing it. We love, I, this has been such a great conversation. So I love how easy right off the bat it was to talk Mm -hmm. to you and, and don't share that wiffle ball story with anybody else. It's ours. It's only ours. It's yours. (laughs) Thank you so much for the invite and for taking so much time with me today. Absolutely. Vice vice versa. versa. (laughs) 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 We'll chat with you soon and I'll I'll shoot you a message offline as well and further connect with you about all that. And uh, thank you so much for your graciousness and your willingness to share. Great day. You too. You too. Take care. (laughs) Bye. Bye, Charlie. Bye.